Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtic fans can be here, Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. And gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross with you guys again back on schedule on Monday mornings. This is where you will find us from here on out every week until, well, I guess until one of us gets sick of it and says, uh, and retires for, for real. Uh, of, <laughs> I don't know, man. We keep having trouble with that. <laughs> instead of semi-retiring, uh, taking a hiatus, I guess you would. Um, you would call it, but no, yes, we are, uh, we are setting into a schedule. You guys will find out some more things, I believe today, um, about the staff at Denver Stiffs and some other stuff that we got going on. But part of it is of course that the pickaxe, I said, welcome to the pickaxe pundit show too. It's, uh, that was my mistake. We're actually just going to call it the pickaxe, um, from now on for, in the interest of brevity, which everybody knows Gordon and I are. Uh, very much, very much passionate about the brevity. The briefest of the brief. <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely right. Um, so uh, this is where you guys will find us. I guess I'm taking too long explaining this as uh, as we're going right now. So make sure you are subscribed to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. And you will see us on Mondays and a bunch of other cool shows throughout the rest of the week and every week. So excited about that. Also excited, Gordon, we figured out today, um, we're recording this Sunday night, but um, so we did our we did our annual Stiffapalooza planning meeting. Uh, we figured out today, so now you, me, Mr. Uh, Mr. Daniel Lewis, and, and Kayla Osby, are, we are the longest tenured members of the Denver Stiff staff. It's true. You guys have been stuck with us for way too long. Now, the other thing I had to ask you, Gordon, is I was thinking about this later. I realized, um, you know, with with Mr. Mike Olson no longer going to be with us, the um, that makes you the, in terms of just years on this earth, the the oldest member of. The I am the old. Stiff. I am both the longest tenured and the oldest stiff. That is correct. How does it feel? Um, uh, it's not too bad, man. Like, so I don't think my joints are aching too much in the, uh, the elements yet. So there you go. just trying to hold off old age another year. Yeah. We're like, uh, you know, it's like, really, we're just like, uh, we got rid of like the old, uh, and pricey veterans. And now we're like this young, sleek, uh, team, the Denver Nuggets of, of the, of the Denver Nuggets blogs, if you will. We're, uh, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm going to pitch it. Um, for everyone. No, but yeah, it was, it was exciting stuff that's going to be happening as you guys are going to be, depending on when you're listening to this, you might already know a lot of it is, uh, happened. Or if you are one of our loyal listeners who listens right when we post this thing, first of all, thank you. Um, and second of all, uh, I won't spoil the rest of the surprise. So we will move on to, oh, well, I mean, I'm not going to lie here either. We're going to move on to some deep, deep late September content. Um, because that's that's just where we are uh, in the NBA season. We do have one tiny bit of Denver Nuggets news, so we will cover it. Tyler Zeller, uh, NCAA champion. Tyler Zeller, uh, we had to look that up for sure before the show. He uh, he signs with the Denver Nuggets. We are going to, I guess, break that down. Um, 
Gordon, I know, has got a lot of insight onto on Tyler Zeller. Spends a lot of time looking looking up Zeller film from from oh, Star Oh yeah, days. you you are correct. I <laughs> definitely have many many minutes of coverage on this. Yeah, so it should be it should be good. Um, also, the league, the NBA league, uh, come out with or they came out with some some new rules. I don't know. Did they really? They haven't really said exactly how they're going to be cracking down uh, on tampering. Just that. They're, they're well, they have through. access. They have access to like. Um, they can get five teams a year's worth of documents to make sure they're not screwing around and they can request more if there's like an issue that comes up, stuff like that. Right. And then of course they're adding a bunch of penalties. Um, so right. we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, that's really the only NBA current NBA news that happened in the last week, uh, to go over. So then we'll start looking forward to training camp and the NBA season. Uh, I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. and kind of the expectations we have for him in, in training camp and preseason specifically, what we're looking for to know, I guess, you know, Hey, is one, is he healthy Two, is he, does he have what we think, uh, he can be. It's kind of like, you know, normally when you get a brand new rookie, you're really just looking for that one thing, right? Like I remember when Emmanuel Moutier, um, first started playing summer league and, and preseason, like it was, you know, every, everybody's eyes were glued to the screen and watching him and kind of trying to break down, uh, his game. And I remember we were, we were all making a lot of excuses basically back then for why these, these things that we were seeing were going to be okay. And he would figure it out. So you've got, you've got that, that kind of angle though with Michael Porter Jr. Just wanted to see like, Hey, is his game as good as we've been, you know, as, as, uh, has been hyped. But then also like with him, we're like, we got to see if he's healthy, right? That's big. Um, yeah, that's sort that's of important. Of so, yeah, so I want to I want to kind of talk about him specifically. And then other than him, what are some other players health concerns wise uh, that we're going to be watching in training camp preseason to make sure, hey, these guys are actually really fully ready to go. And then we'll finish out. We'll do we'll do a little something fun. We'll do some over unders. Uh, we'll check out some Bovada future betting lines. You know, it's it's entirely possible. We were talking about this today. It's entirely possible that uh, sports betting is legal by the time this uh, this season ends here in Colorado. So um, why not? Let's start taking that angle. It's going to happen one of these days. So uh, we'll look at some of the Bovada futures. We'll have some fun trying to figure out, having some debates about who we might put our money on. If Gordon was going to bet the house, um, which, which Bovada future is he taking? Me? Yeah, no, man. Like, I don't bet the house on anything. Like, no offense. Uh, I used to say it was the Nuggets, but uh, not this year. Yeah, not yeah. Boy, let me tell you, there were there were some times it was really easy for a couple of years there to be like, yeah, they'll definitely t- hit the over. If they're um, making more than thirty two wins this year, right, they would clear that. Right, they had like forty four. Yeah. It was that one year like they had thirty four the the season prior. Um, and showing right, this was uh, they were going into year two, I believe, of Michael Malone's. Um, tenure they'd won 34 games his first season i believe you know which was like a two game improvement on the 32 that brian shaw and uh who took over his interim melvin hunt won and then and then the next year i think the, the line was still at 32 even though we're like well yep. they improved last year yeah, right what were you thinking and yeah they 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 be, were beating their uh over unders handily for a couple years there it was, yeah, it, was, it was basically the first three years of Michael Malone. It was easy money to just go ahead and put money on the Nuggets. Exactly, because they, they, nobody had figured out Jokic yet, except for the people who yep. were watching the Nuggets, uh, who were watching Summer League and were like, dude, this guy can, this guy can ball. Um, now it's, but nowadays it's not as easy. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive into those, though. We'll find, some, we'll find some fun stuff here at the end to uh, talk about there. But let's, let's not waste any more time, as we are all about brevity, like I said. Uh, very first piece of news, Tyler Zeller. 
former North Carolina Tar Heel NCAA champion, uh, teammate at one time with a former Denver Nugget. Who was that, Gordon? First trivia right off the bat. His former teammate? His Yes. What college teammate was a former Denver Nugget? I got nothing, man. Oh, okay, it's so easy. Wait, is it? Or am I thinking? I, I want to say it's Ty Lawson, right? It's got to be Ty Lawson. Was Ty there for that year? That well, I guess he was. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Yeah, right? Because then, and then they drafted him. Yeah, because then um, they picked they picked Ty right after that. Yeah, had Ty. That would have been Ty's senior year. Was his freshman yeah, year? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, because yeah, that was the Steph Curry draft, oh nine, all that stuff. So yep. there you go. Uh, oh, next time we'll be. So better. we did figure it out without looking it up. Good for us. <laughs> next time we'll be. I'll, I'll actually we do homework on this show. Trivia. I'm not. I'm not promising to do it every week. But like in the regular season, we actually do do homework. But you guys got off season version yeah, of us. Yeah, but so. this, it's September 23rd, people. Come on. We wish you the best. This yeah. is this is the very hold last. on, strap in. It's gonna be a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we we really love you guys who are out here listening to us on September 23rd. You are the diehards. Um, shout out to you guys. You're. You're keeping the lights on. You deserve better is what we're saying to you. you deserve <laughs> That's better. right. That's right. Um, anyway, so yeah, Tyler Zeller, the uh, North Carolina Tar Heel. Boy, he's bounced around the league uh, quite a bit. <laughs> has he ever, I don't know, I'm trying to think, has Tyler ever played for a team more than like a season? And I think, Tyler? Uh, looking at, yeah, he looks like he played for the Celtics. For he a played for Boston for a minute. Yeah, I know that. It was like the I think after that he bounced around, but yeah, he was with Boston for two, three years. So he was with uh, he was with a team last year. He was with the Grizzlies and the um, right and the Hawks. It looks like he was on it some ten days. So I'm trying to think. What was the last time Tyler Zeller actually though was like uh, got real minutes? Real minutes. It had to be with I guess Brooklyn, which is who he was with after yeah. Boston. Well, I mean, it was it was he was with Brooklyn for a minute, and uh, he got he got a bunch of games there, and then he traded him to Milwaukee. Yours. So, I mean, he played most of the season, and that was just like a year ago, man. Like, that yeah, wasn't that was last not, year, but right, the year before. Okay, I'm pulling, I'm pulling up the stats here. We've still alone. Yeah, so, I mean, he started. He started 33 games with Brooklyn yeah. uh, just two seasons ago. So, that's kind of interesting. So Tyler, I mean, Zeller, Tyler Zeller is a weird guy to get on this kind of contract. I mean, let me ask you this. it's not that he can't play. Yeah. Do you think he's a guy that they're going to take a look at at camp and maybe think about giving him a full NBA the giving him that last roster spot because a third it, it re- center, if they don't believe in bull bull, right. If they don't think that he's ready to go and they don't trust him to be their emergency center, then they need, uh, or you could at least see the logic behind bringing on a guy like a Tyler Zeller. Well, yeah, to sit on the end of the bench and like wave a towel and be ready in case something happens to Paul Millsap, who is now getting older and more injured. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have something happen to Mason Plumley, you have a problem. Right. Or Jokic. Like, yeah, don't tell you say that. I never say that. <laughs> you got a lot of problems then. Right. Yeah, at that point, Tyler Zeller is not going to be your, your <laughs> primary concern there. Um, But honestly, like, I can see it. I, it makes some kind of sense to me, but they're already so big heavy. Like, Mason Plumlee's going to have trouble getting minutes. Right. You definitely don't have minutes for Tyler Zeller with a healthy squad to start the year. Right. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He's definitely but, not playing if they're healthy. Like, I, th- there's just no way for him to get any minutes, and I don't even know how much practice time, like, he's going to get on the court with, like, in the preseason. Like, I don't know how right. much preseason time he's going to get. I guess it depends if they sit Jokic. Like, it really may be just they, that they want enough bodies that they don't have to tax their centers, and right. Jokic sits for the first however many that's preseason good, games. That's very good And it's, a, it's, it's making nice with Tyler Zeller's agent to showcase him in the preseason and then let him go someplace else. Honestly. Who is Tyler Zeller's agent? 
Not that I, I don't know how to for this kind of research, but uh, I mean, we gotta we gotta fill some minutes here, um, right? Come on. But seriously, like Zeller, it's not that Zeller's a bad player, but Zeller's a journeyman player right. just by definition. Right, um, and then last and he season just, he kind of just fell out of. Uh, he, he fell out of the fell league out of the last NBA, year. Yeah, he just kind of fell out of the league for one year. But they, it's different than, like, for some reason, I was thinking, like, Zeller hadn't played for, you know, a good couple of years. And now no, and, no, and no. it's like, okay, so he's clearly just a camp body then. But, like, this, you know, like I said, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, it's probably not what I might, at the, if you're going to ask me where I'm leaning on what they'll do with that final roster spot, signing Tyler Zeller is probably not at the top of the list. But I don't think it's a well, 0% chance either. It's not zero. I I have trouble seeing them do it just because of the cap implications. If Gary Harris stays healthy and he meets all of his um, uh, bonuses, it messes them up on those on the um, on the tax. Yeah. Um. But you can. But that stuff, like a lot of these things, sort themselves out um, throughout the course of the year. Like you could, you know, you can trade a guy. You can, you know, trade a guy early. You can cut somebody. You can like there are things that you can do. To make that happen and, and still keep within your budget. Yeah, because they don't have to um, do much. I mean, especially with the – and see, here's the thing about Gary Harris hitting those incentives. Man, they're going to be – like, they'll be happy to pay him. They're not going to be happy about paying the tax, but – Right. Like, Gary Harris – But that, they're happy to pay – if Gary's if Gary's healthy, the Nuggets are going a good long way in these playoffs, and uh, they'll be more than happy to write that check. Right. That's totally fine with them. Right, and you could probably make that money up by, by trading a guy like a Juancho Hernan Gomez or somebody like that on one of these expiring deals, just trading him out for uh, for a pick or something like that in a right. second round. Well, and that's and that's what they're going to have to do. A lot of this stuff is going to be roster manipulation. Right. you got to have enough minutes for guys. You're going to have to have enough bodies. Um, and for now, I still think Tyler Zeller's a camp body. But I think he's better than he's far better than uh, some of the like potential camp bodies for rookies just coming into the league or, you know, guys who are trying to come back from Europe like Zeller. Zeller has a position that he could play and, you know, as a backup center, he can he can fill a certain role for a few minutes. That's not a big problem for him. And it's like, you know, Um, I mean, when you look at the guy, you know, if you're if you're looking at that last roster spot, if if somebody was going to earn it out of camp, which I'm not again, I'm not necessarily necessarily sure that's even really um, the intent. The Nuggets are going in with camp. I I would probably put at the top of my list of things I think is going to happen with that uh, final roster spot is they don't fill it at all. But um, if if you're looking at if you were going to say somebody out at camp's going to get that spot, it, it seems more like a like a, that it would be Zeller than like a PJ right. Dozier, you know, like kind of thing. Agreed. Though I still think it'd be Bull Bull if anybody's going to end up. I think eventually they just. I I I there. expect it to be Bull Bull at some point. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I think that they signed him to the, um, to the two way just to have him under contract so that he gets paid. He can come to camp. He can practice. Right. He's insured. Like, these are all things that matter in the league. And then, you know, you're talking to him about, look, if we don't need that spot, it's yours. We're working it out. Give us a second. It just buys them time. I would be surprised if he played the whole year on a two-way. That would be a, yeah. that would be very surprising to me. Yeah, I agree. I don't think um, – I mean, I just don't think it will. It doesn't – it wouldn't make much sense unless they really – man, they really have some, some concerns about him, I guess, in terms of – but even if they had medical concerns, you know, like you would expect, again, that they would – be like, all right, we're going to keep – either they're going to cut bait right away and be like, no, this is just never going to work out. This guy is never going to be able to be healthy. Or uh, you would be like, okay, we're going to bring him on a full contract because – They had medical concerns about um, about Jared Vanderbilt, and right. he still got a real deal. Right, like, he got the full deal, yeah. They gave him the three years because they liked the restricted, and it's, I think the three years minimum is terrific for the Nuggets to be able to work some stuff out. If you're – especially if you're 
paying a guy who's not going to play for you this year. And that's, I don't know that I expect Ball to play for them this year. Much as Vando got just a couple of minutes last year, right. that's fine. Like, you're working on his body, you're working on his mechanics, you're working on, you know, biomechanics to make sure that he doesn't get injured again. Like, these are all the things that you're trying to work through. And if you look at, you know, Jared Vanderbilt's off-season clips, which, as you know, don't necessarily mean that much, but they do show him moving very fluidly, shooting fluidly, like that the work that he did in the gym with the Nuggets trainers and without them, sure, but, uh, you know, all that work that he did has paid off over the past year, and that's what you're paying for. That's what you're putting him under contract for, and I expect them to do the same thing with Ball. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's um, it's just a yeah, it's just kind of a weird situation that they didn't just do it do it right away. But uh, agreed, you know. So I mean, maybe it's because they think a guy like Tyler Zeller is a little bit more uh, prepared, you know, physically to uh, to give them that emergency center role. But they know that obviously Bull Bulls guy in their long term plan, so that they could try to keep him in. I don't know. It could be something like that. It's it's just a weird a weird situation with Bull, and then and then Tyler Zeller is kind of a. Uh, because usually, like, when we've seen camp bodies in the past, they're usually European guys, right? They're, like, usually somebody yeah. who's probably way deep down in their, in their scouting tree that they at least want to take a look at. Maybe it's a favor to uh, to an agent uh, overseas that they're, you know, hey, we'll have your guy come into camp um, kind of thing. But you, I don't – it's not too many times you see – the guys the guys they've brought in that have been American guys who have been in the league for a bit. You know, you think of the uh, – oh, man, I can't remember his name now um, – from like a couple years back, uh, not Chikar Sampson, but man. Anyways, uh, but generally, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is is those guys, they they tend to be the ones that end up with getting like those the last contract uh, on the roster, right? And then they 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 hang around for a couple months. I mean, you think like a Kosas Papa Nicolau kind of guy, right? Like he sure yeah, been yeah. in the league for a little bit, wasn't really working out. They they got him as part of that trade. He was kind of like a camp body, uh, part of that Lawson trade, I guess, to bring it full circle. Uh, kind of like a camp body. They signed him with like one of the, or they kept him uh, on the roster instead of uh, that other point guard. I can't remember what his name was. And then and then, but he was there for like a couple. Eric Green, right? yo. Not well, not Eric Green. There was the other guy in the in the Houston trade. Um, oh right, God, I can't remember. See, that's just this is the dark, the dark. That's terrible of us, man. Like we can't, yeah. But um, yeah, exactly. So that that to me, it, it, it would follow kind of in that in that mold um, to see them uh, see them bring on a Tyler Zeller at the uh, with that last spot, and then only for a couple of months, then then release him and maybe sign Bull Ball. Um, Right. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, I really can. I just uh, that they'd use it as a holding spot. Right. All right. Um. So the one other piece of news that really happened. This was league wide, not necessarily Nuggets news, but we. Um. But I guess in some ways it is the reason I want to talk about it because it is related because the Nuggets are usually on the short end of the stick. Um. So you would think Nuggets fans overall would be pretty happy uh, about these new rules coming in, but basically the the NBA is going to crack down on tampering specifically um free agency tampering in that hey you're not supposed to be negotiating uh free with free agents while they're still under contract uh with other teams and yet you know i mean kevin durant we everybody pretty much knew he was going to like brooklyn uh or new york before uh before free agency even opened uh same with Kyrie Irving right everybody knew Kyrie was going to Brooklyn like that was like a done deal we knew Kyrie was going to Brooklyn we knew that Kemba was most likely coming to Boston uh to replace him and that Terry Rozier was going to be going somewhere and then of course he went to Charlotte and all kind of worked out but like clearly 
clearly there was some discussions going on, uh, at least between agents and teams, um, before, before the actual whistle blew and everybody was supposed to start negotiating. So lots of, lots of, uh, it's Gordon, you kind of mentioned earlier in the show, they're going to have some, uh, additional data to be able to check all on, on these they teams. They've expanded, yeah, they've expanded audit capabilities to take, you know, um, data from five teams randomly, quote unquote, probably as random as a drug testing. Right. But, you know. So the Lakers, the Knicks. The Lakers, uh, yeah. Celtics. Exactly. <laughs> That's that's how it's going to go down. But I think the the more important thing is the the the, uh, the penalties, right? Because up until this point, if you got caught tampering, most in general, what happened was okay, you got you got slapped with a big fine. Well, these are billionaire uh, owners. Like, yeah, they're of course pissed when they lose that type of money. But at the end of the day, it's a freaking it's a you know two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars is a drop in the bucket, right? And so. Um, now we're you know it's it's looking like the the NBA is going to find the fines are getting huge you know up to like ten million dollars. Um, they're going to suspend executives. They're going they could uh, take draft picks, which I think they have done um, in the past, if I'm remembering right. And then and then the last I could be thinking of the NFL though. Uh, and then the last thing that I think was is really kind of uh, would be seems obviously would be like the last step is they can actually go and void the contract um, if they find that there has been. Uh, tampering involved Gordon I mean do you think this does this stop it because like it's at some point like you can only do so much right to prevent like you still can't prevent players from talking to other players so really how much can you actually uh curb the tampering that goes on well the question is I don't think the NBA wants it to stop they don't expect it to stop they want it to stop being so blatantly obviously egregious right Right. (laughs) like whether they don't expect necessarily that a back, you know, court conversation is not going to happen back channel between, you know, an agent and an agent and a uh, an organization or whatever. But what they want is for on day one of the signing period for seventy three people not to sign in the first two minutes. Right. Like yeah, that, exactly. they don't want all that news leaking a week ahead of time. That right. you know, that's what they don't want. Right. They want to have because remember, they they and and it really, I think, especially stung them this year because they moved up the time on on when free agency opened. Right. Because it used to be it opened at midnight and that was kind of hurting them because all of these cool, you know, news bits and woge bombs are coming out and it's in the middle of the night and not too many people are actually paying attention. So they moved it up this time to be like at like six o'clock, I think, or mountain time or something like that um, was was where it was locally. And. If, with the idea that okay now we're, we're going to maximize on this excitement, but then yeah, then they got kind of uh, you know got hurt by the whole the whole fact that everybody knew where everybody was going anyways. So it kind of like it kind of really took the wind out of their sails, I think, and, and and that's why one of the reasons at least why we're seeing this like big big move um, right now. And I think the funny thing too is like they all do they wanted to point out they're like owners uh, uh, unanimous unanimously approve. It's like well yeah of course because you're not going to be the one owner who's like you know. Maybe we should just keep the tampering uh, just the way it is right now. I, th- I don't think this is as big of a deal, right, uh, as everybody's making it out. Because, like, you know, you want to be the first guy to get signed up to get audited. Uh, that's going to be the one. Well, and it always makes me laugh when everybody was like, yes, all of those other jerks are the problem. And I will definitely sign on the dotted line. It's not like all of us do this all of the time. Right. That's that's what always makes me laugh about all these is we're all unanimous that everyone here is a jerk but me, and uh, they're messing up my potential um, new employees. 
it, it it's a joke, but like if it if it keeps it to a minimum and you get some more surprises out of it, and maybe you don't have um, teams stumping for players, right. you know, during the season when they already play for other teams, that would be nice. Like at least let's start there. Right. Yeah, and because that's the the Anthony Davis situation is the other thing, of course. That's um. That was yes. that really kind of affected things and, and was sort of a cloud that hung over one, hung over basically two franchises. I mean, the Lakers, in the end, the Lakers, it worked out for them because uh, they're the freaking Lakers and it always works out for them. But, um, you know, for that that season, though, was, it, was, it was a rough season, I'm sure, for Lakers fans to go through uh, when they're basically their entire team. It got leaked their entire team when could have been traded for Anthony Davis. And the reason, like, all this stuff is going on is because clearly Anthony Davis has already been talking with uh, with his agent. And his agent's Rich Paul, right? Same as uh, LeBron's. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. You can't, and again, you can't prevent, there's nothing you can do to prevent players talking from other players. You can't tell what guys to sign uh, with what agents. The NCAA tried that. It didn't work out too well for them. Um, and, and so you, you have to allow that to happen. And so there's a certain level of, of tampering that's just, just going to happen. So I think you're right. Like it's like, okay, we get it. Like, yes, this, this stuff is going to happen behind uh, closed doors, but it needs to stay behind closed doors um, instead of hanging right. over an entire half of a season with two different teams and everybody knowing no no other teams really wanting to uh, get involved and even try and make a trade for a guy because they know everybody already knows he's going to sign with the Lakers uh, once the season is over. Well, and there are plenty of back channels that where a player can tell you, do not try to do this. I'm not going to sign with you. Right. You know, that's fine, but you can't that's only fair for a, honestly, in my opinion, for a, a player to be forthright with a, a, um, an employer trying to add him to their roster to say, look, I'm not going to be long-term with you. So you should consider that when you're making your offer, uh, you know, I mean, you're not the team that I want to be with as a Nuggets fan. I did kind of appreciate Melo not telling the Nets outright that there was no way he was going to be signing with them long-term. Uh, Agreed, so. <laughs> but again, it was. But he told everyone else that like right. there's a reason that it was New York. Right. Like, uh, would he have signed with the Nets? He might have. Yeah, he might have. So. You don't know that he wouldn't have. I, I mean, I don't think Lala was going to. He told everyone else he wouldn't. For, for so I mean, there were only three teams that he offered. Like that was that's what we were told. Right. Was that there were three teams he thought he might sign with? He wanted the Knicks, and he would work it out with other teams. Maybe yeah, they the, might be the Nets and the Bulls. I think were the other two. Yeah, I think those are the other two. That was, and that was it. Like those were his, those were his options that he gave to the Nuggets, and that the teams around the league knew. But there were still multiple teams that were bidding. Right, and well, so but, at least he did him that favor. But but I I mean at the end of the day because it drug out, man, that thing took took so long to get done. You know, we didn't call day, it the melodrama for nothing. Yeah. Every, everybody, everybody knew like, it's like, okay, he's going to the Knicks. Like, cause that's clearly where he wants to go, you know? And it was just, but, but they always had that, that little, uh, chance that he might choose the Nets. Um, and then that way, that's what allowed, I think the Nuggets to, uh, or that's at least, at least the they Chandler kept that, to, uh, yeah. God, who's the, who was the GM back then for the Knicks? I can't even remember. It wasn't Isaiah. I don't think. Somebody in clown shoes. Somebody in clown shoes. Somebody got they got it was the it was the same guy who ended up getting um man, was it working team? Wasn't he over there with the Knicks? I don't remember. But um yeah, just somebody who who needs to learn to stop taking phone calls from Masai Ujiri. Because if you remember, uh, the Knicks after they did that trade for Melo, then quickly uh, shortly thereafter traded a couple first round picks for 
Andres Biedrich. Yep. Which <laughs> is one of the worst. Just just not a trailer. good idea. Um, all right. Well, we're going to move on. Let's. Uh, we're, we're talking about the mellow trade, so you know things are... Uh, things are off the rails. Uh, let's go. Let's look. Let's start looking forward to what's coming up. Obviously, nothing is coming up this week. It should be like the quietest week uh, in in all the NBA. You certainly hope it's the quietest week for your team because if anything comes up in this week, other than you know the Nuggets are signing another camp body or something like that, um, it's gen- it's generally going to be something bad because you know what 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 are guys doing the week before. Um, before media day and the start of training camp, some of them I'm, I'm sure are already back back down at the facility, um, working out and and getting ready for the the upcoming season. We saw them a lot of them were, were they were up at Red Rocks right this uh, this week. Have you ever ran the steps at Red Rocks, Gordon? Dude, I don't even like walking the steps at Red Rocks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like everybody loves Red Rocks so much. This amazing venue and it's got it's got a great great view. Uh, I'll give you that. But man. I really don't want to have to hike like you know three hundred steps um, just to get up there, and then so you see these guys running up, and you know anybody who's been to the Red Rocks it, it knows like uh, those those stairs are not are not anything uh, to to be messed with. Those are basically benches for people to sit on um and watch concerts they are not designed to be run let's put it that way <laughs> and these guys the nuggets are just doot, 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 uh just striding right up it gives, gives you a good uh once once you see it you really realize how how long-legged these guys are um but no i've never done it either i've never done the i know they did the media challenge right uh a bunch of the media went up and did the red rocks uh workout <laughs> which uh, which is funny, but uh, I did not. I did not partake, so I, I can't say. I was not there. I would not go. No, sorry, that is not my thing. <laughs> Why is it the Nuggets are always like trying to do these events with with Nuggets media and with, with a lot of of like our group of media, right? The more the blogger kind of, uh, not necessarily the Denver Posts and the, um, the obviously the national outlets of the world. It's because Chris Dempsey works there, man, and they keep thinking that everybody who you know blogs <laughs> looks like Dempsey. No, I think. Have you guys I, never seen us? See, I disagree. Calm I down. Think, I think they know. Exactly exactly what we look like and it's really just like entertainment for them they're like let's get all the, the bloggers up out of their basements and uh you know come embarrass them on the on the basketball court for an afternoon that's that's that was the right. whole point of this media skills challenge uh that they do every year i'm convinced now it's just basically to make us look like a bunch of jackasses on a basketball court so that's all right it's not it's not a tough gig there that that's pretty easy <laughs> that's right just uh just check me out at the local 24-hour fitness, and you'll you'll get plenty of that. Um, all right, but looking forward to actual basketball players uh, in training camp. Michael Porter Jr., right? He is, he is the, just as he was in Summer League, and then we had that robbed from us uh, mere nights before his supposed debut. He is the story going into training camp, going into preseason. Uh, out of everyone, he is the guy that everybody is watching. What I mean, what are your expectations? Like, in terms of... I think I think for training camp we're not going to get much, right? It's just going to be like, hey, is he healthy? Uh, is he 100% ready to go and playing? Is he full participation? And I think that that would be my expectation uh, at training camp is he should be 100% healthy. They said he was fine. That it was a minor knee sprain uh, before summer league, and they just weren't going to chance it. We've been told he's 100% from his back surgery uh, for some time. Wasn't even actually back to 100% last year. Um, so when it comes to like the games though, Gordon, what, like what, what, what are our expectations? What are we looking for out of Michael Porter jr. In the preseason? 
I'm looking for him to play, man. Right. Like, I've been waiting to see this guy play for over a year. Let's go. Like, I, I, 14 months I've been sitting around waiting to see this man in an actual game. And uh, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready to see it. I expect them to give him a decent number of minutes um, because it's preseason and you're trying not to tire your starters out. So there's going to be minutes every game. You're going to want to see if Michael Porter can hold up and, you know, even just like random limited preseason minutes. Right. You want to see him on a court. So he'll be out there. I'll be watching. I'm guessing, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. Let's go. Do you think Do you think he's a guy that they're going to, when they've got him out there, they're going to try and run, basically run the offense around him? Like, do you think they're going to be looking for that? Like, hey, let's put him out here for this five-minute stretch, three-minute stretch, whatever it is, and let's basically make it like the Michael Porter Jr. show, and let's see if, if he really can, you know, be the focal point of an of an offense. Um, specifically, you know, like you said, you don't think Nicola will probably play a ton in preseason. I agree, especially to start, they'll probably keep him uh, rested because he's just coming off the World Cup. So, like, in those scenarios, like, doesn't it make sense if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy and you're going to rest Jokic to be like, okay, we're going to run some offense where – Michael Porter Jr. is the focal point and is the go-to guy. No, they're not going to do that. You don't think so? Uh, because you want Michael Porter Jr. not to get used to being the man in the offense. Right. But if like, he, but if you're he you're is, gonna need, what if, no, he, I no, mean, like, if he's that good? Like, Well, if he's that good, then he'll get his points. Michael Porter Jr. is going to shoot when he gets the ball. Right. But the point guard, who's going to be Monte Morris or Jamal Murray or whoever, their job is going to be uh, run the offense. Like, let Michael Porter Jr. screen for you. Uh, do a pick and roll with Michael Porter Jr. Like, that's fine, but you don't just, like, let's pass to Michael Porter Jr. and let him score a bunch. Because uh, that's not what you want to do in your preseason. Right. You want to run your offense, the offense you'll be running in the, you know, at least a vanilla version of it. Right. You know, which is a read-react. It's a, you know, um, a guard, big pick and roll. It's kicking the ball out to the perimeter. You're going to want all those things. And you want to make sure that Michael Porter Jr. knows how to do all those things. Because that's going to be his job in the actual, you know, season starts. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like, you definitely don't want him to uh, – you, you, I guess at some point you you're, you might want to see that. But at the same time, you more so need to see, okay, how does he work with Jokic? Um, right. And you're not, you're not trying to encourage him to mellow it. Like, that's not right. what you want. You want him to absolutely take open threes and absolutely, like, charge the rim and absolutely run in transition. But you don't want it to be like – and. Everyone else just gets out of the way. Right, that's that's not up. what it's going to be. All right. All right. That's fair. I will, I will take that. Yeah. I, I, in terms of expectations for him, I mean, I, I that's the thing, man. I just really – I just want to see him be healthy and I want to see him play. And if we see some flashes of the shooting, right? The shooting is the thing we've heard about uh, more than anything. There's been people saying, hey, he might be the best shooter on the team. Um I just want I want to see that because if he can do that, like forget all the rest of, of, of uh, you know, what he he could potentially bring. If he can just be six foot ten and shoot three pointers, that's the Nuggets can use that guy on their team. Right. They, they wanted that guy in Trey Lyles and didn't really get him. You know, so if he can be what they were hoping uh, Trey Lyles was, even if that's all he becomes. Like that, that would still be valuable. Well, and, and when you saw it from Trey Lyles, you saw what it did for the Denver Nuggets offense. Right. Right. For the three months he did that, it was terrific. Exactly. And and they need that. They need that stretch four. Um, as, yep. as it's they need him or Wancho to step up in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, I mean, I guess that's probably what I'm looking for most. I guess that's what my biggest expectation for him would be is just to be able to see him get used. Uh, see him be healthy. 
and then get used as a as a shooter uh, as, as kind of that stretch four roll. All right, tell you what, we will hit a break, and then I think when we come back, we'll just skip right over to these over unders because we're already running a little bit short on time. Imagine that would that. never happen to us. What are you talking about? <laughs> so we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical and Gordon Gross. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. He's at GMoneyNugs, uh, at Denver Stiffs as well. Follow all of those uh, different handles to get the maximum Denver Stiffs experience. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, we, we <laughs> that's where we're at anyway. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on to some some over unders. So I have two two over unders I want to specifically talk about. Um, and then if we have some time, we'll look at some other futures from our good friends over at Bovada. Uh, they're not paying me, by the way, but they should be. And it, we'll work that into our sponsorship later. Yeah, It'll be fine. Exactly. They got they got money. They got internet gambling money. I'm sure they're swimming with some sponsorship money for us. And, and all we have to do is wait for it to be legal in Colorado, and we're we're good to go. I'm sure. Boom. We don't have to check that with anybody. Don't even worry I about it. it. I got I got bank accounts in the Grand Cayman. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, but uh, anyways, uh, so Gordon, this first one I thought up of, I'm going to put it at one and a half, and I'm going to say one and a half teams who made the playoffs in the Western Conference last year will not make it this year. Are you over or under? Oh, that is tough. Um, So we'd be talking about, man. Talking about Oklahoma City. Yeah, and, then and that's else? the one. Uh, like that's right. the one that I think is going to miss, and they're for good reason. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be terrible, and they're trying to be terrible. Well, but you know what the funny thing is? Is you think about that, like, but what if they can't get off Chris Paul? Like, what if they're just forced to play Chris Paul? Um, and they've got you know, 
who else is on that team now? Steven Adams. He's pretty good still. Uh, you got... All right, they're not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. <laughs> not in the West, man. If they play in the East, yeah, yeah, yeah we can have exactly. a conversation. Exactly. Um, so, OKC for me is out. Um, uh, it just depends on whether I think the Lakers make it, I guess. Yeah, and well, and then, yeah, exactly. And then I guess who they're... Uh, who that would be the team, the other team to fall out of there, um, who they could overtake. We talked about a little bit about the Spurs uh, potentially being that team. But the point I wanted to make was like, hey, the Spurs are still, you know, they're still the Spurs. Like they still are, they're bringing back that, that roster. It's older and dirt. Um, but it's, it's for the, and they'll have it's DeJounte the Spurs, Murray back. And you keep expecting so. them to fall out and they keep not doing it because they're coached amazingly well. Right. They're and they play to their teams. strengths. Yeah. I mean, Rudy Gay and Lamarcus Aldridge are not spring chickens, obviously, but they still get it done, and they're not, they don't, you know, nobody catches those guys by surprise. So, right, one way or another, no, they, yeah, they play, they out. play the little guys just as hard as the big guys. They don't, they don't mess around. But I, I still think that, oh, well, so, but man. so if so if Oklahoma City falls out, don't you think that it's the Lakers who take take that spot in in the yeah. playoffs? And so then I guess it's your choice is like, do you believe more in the Spurs? Or the Kings, I guess, is like where I would come down to. Or I get maybe the Timberwolves if you think they can get that thing uh, turned back around now that they don't have the whole Jimmy Butler craziness going on. Right, and and you'd think that the Timberwolves should be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Like they've got the they've got plenty of talent. Talent's not a problem. Um, New Orleans also uh, kind of a dark horse team that could potentially. New Orleans is going to be a fascinating team. Right. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they, I think they make a hard charge at it late. Right. I really do. Once they get their, once they get some of the kinks in their roster ironed out, I think the the New Orleans is going to be a a fun team to watch the second half of the year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, and I think they got a lot of, a lot in front of them. I'm gonna go over. Uh, uh, shout out Kings fans. Let's go. I want to see the Kings in the playoffs. Step it up. Yeah, I, <laughs> man. I'm see. I'm gonna take the under just because I think. But that's it's so close. Um, <clears throat> I do. I do really like the Kings. I really think they're gonna be a. Uh, a high quality team uh, for years to come. And I think they've got a really great young roster and deer and Fox is absolutely the real deal, but it's man. I just, I just hate picking against the Spurs. Uh, we've been picking the, you know how many years like, I know. Like Feinstein like was still the site manager. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were picking the Spurs to fall out and it still hasn't happened. So, um, one of the years I'll be right. Yeah. It'll be fine. Exactly. They finally really will be too old to, to make, uh, make the playoffs anymore. But, um, I don't know. I guess I'm. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll take the under just so that way we can we can disagree like a good. All right. Good like, like like we're supposed should. to. So exactly. I got you. Uh, next one. Let's go. I'll go straight to the uh, the. Well, I'm gonna drop it a half a half a game lower than the Vegas line because the Vegas I think is right at 54 uh, for Nuggets uh, season wins. I'll put it at 53 and a half. Where do you got them over or under? Over. I have them at 54. There you so go. like, yeah, I, I have them just over. So when I did my first like initial run through, right when the schedule came out, you just like you just firing off, yeah, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win, that's a loss, uh, and you tally them up. I had them at fifty four um, as well. In in my uh, experience, my my firing <laughs> it off uh, method is generally pretty conservative. So I would I would have to take the over uh, as well. Probably I probably have them somewhere in that fifty. Well, the Nuggets can make can break sixty this year, man. Like it's not a stretch, right? But you're looking at them being healthier than they've been in years to do that. Right. Yeah, but that's the thing is they weren't they weren't particularly healthy last year. 
Um, I mean, they went through they went through a lot of injuries. It's obviously like you know, Jokic was healthy. That's a, that's a huge, uh, huge part of it. But he's a guy who's generally healthy because he he has a game. He doesn't not, jump. Not a very high impact yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's imp- high impact in terms of uh, you know helping the team, but athletically, not a lot of uh, not a lot of pressure on the joints i guess you could say right from from Jokic, you know and so and then you look at anybody else is there anybody else on that roster right now who you're like man if that guy went down like they would just be they would just be at a loss i don't really think there is i think they have a very high floor no matter what right and it's Uh, but it's a matter of it's a matter of reaching the ceiling and when you lose Harrison Barton, like that, that right. compromises your ceiling. If Millsap goes down, that compromises your ceiling. But not even as much this year, right? If Millsap goes like last year, that that was a big hurt, and you had to start. You were starting Jokic and Plumlee. Uh, this year, you have Jerry and Grant. So, like, if Millsap goes down, okay, where you just the I am, starts I now. am, I am waiting to see how they play Jerry and Grant. For me, that's one of the fascinating like things to watch this year is how you deploy a guy who is basically Millsap's replacement, right? A but also before. a starter right now. Right. Yeah, and yeah, but <laughs> like, you're still paying Millsap $30, $30 million a year. That so. is correct. So what do you do with Paul Millsap? And and he can only play about 28 minutes a game. So right. how do you want to deploy that? Do you want to bench Mason Plumlee and give Millsap some backup small set, small center minutes? Or give Jerry um, and Grant some backup. Uh, or give Jerry and Grant minutes. some backup run with the with – the, um, the, Monte Morris squad, right. like that's really how do you shuffle that around and how whose minutes get squeezed because Grant deserves his minutes and Millsap is terrific in his minutes still. Where are you going to go? I'm I'm very fascinated to see how they decide to do that. Yeah, me too. Because the other thing is, is Grant is sandwiched kind of in between some tough spots. Because not only do you have Millsap in front of him, um, but you've got Michael Porter Jr. Uh, right behind him, who's kind of playing that same role. Uh, maybe not uh, so much in the center, but gonna be fighting say, for yeah, power forward like, minutes, right? Yeah. Well, what maybe like the problem there is that you've got small forward minutes. So who's playing small forward for you? Right. Michael Porter Jr. is a very tall three, but he should be he's he plays sort of like Gallo. So right. he's a three four, but mostly a three. Right, exactly. In my opinion, that's what that's what Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be is mostly a three. But that's but that's just it, right? Though But who... you've got you've got Vladko for the four, you've got um, Wancho. You've got Wancho for the four. Um you've still gotta fit Barton in at the three, and if Beasley's gonna play you know, where's he going to play? Like, this is, these are the fascinating things about having a team where you have this much talent on it. Not only how do you keep it happy, but how do you keep all these guys um, effective? How right. do you best deploy them together? It's it's going to be very interesting for me to watch. Right, yeah. I, I, uh... I kept expecting a trade all year and they never made one, so now they're <laughs> just loaded to the gills and uh, expecting, I guess, a 25% injury rate in order for this stuff to pay off. The, um... Yeah, the I mean, it's it, somebody's going to get squeezed out, right? That's it's just the only way oh, yeah. it can two. happen. There's just no, yeah, like two guys are going to get squeezed out. I agree. Like, there's just no way to possibly the Nuggets probably have a twelve to thirteen guys who could who could deserve minutes if if Michael who get, Jr. no legitimate minutes like fifteen to twenty minutes yeah, a game. Right, exactly. Like they have like thirteen guys. guys who should be getting at least fifteen minutes a game, and and, and you're not going to get that. They're not no, going to get that. You're absolutely not going to get that because it's just. Uh, I mean, it's you'd have to have this crazy rotation that would just never work. So, um, so I guess bringing that back, I uh, I am I'm like I said, I'm with you with the the over on on season wins though because I think even even if they get uh, have some injury um, 
issues. It, they're covered on every non Jokic injury. Right, they, exactly. they're really they, they've got they've, they've got, got some somebody. some flavor there. Point yeah. guard's going to be a little bit tough to overcome because you have no emergency point guard right now. But um, well, that depends. I mean, really, Jamal doesn't really play point guard. Right. Um, Gary Harris was throwing down eight and nine assists, like playing the similar role as the shooting guard who passes, which is what Jamal is doing. Right. Um. So really. It's it's a matter of what happens if Monte Morris goes down because he's really your only pure point guard on the squad. Yeah, no, yeah, because it, it, it's true. He's the guy who plays without Jokic, and then you're putting so basically that's the guy you have to worry Will about. Barton in that. Uh, and Wallace. then you have Will Barton yeah. as the as your your backup emergency, you know, point something, exactly. um, which he has done, and he's done it off the bench. So if you lose your bench point guard, he could run that for you. But you don't want to have to do long term. No, you, you know, don't. That's like that's like okay, a guy's gonna be out for a week, not not a guy. Ahead. Right? Yeah, yeah. Barton, months, Barton has three, three games, games of this, yeah, and that's then, then that's you're what trouble. you're gonna get. Yep. All right, because we're all right, I'm gonna go. We'll do one. We will do one Bovada uh, future, which I'm gonna. Uh, I thought this one was interesting, so I want to check it out. Let's get your thoughts on it. Nikola Jokic right now is eighth, uh, eighth best odds to win the MVP award for 2019-2020. Um, do you know who he's tied with? Who? Luka Doncic for MVP award. Wow. That is um I mean that's that's a that's aggressive. It's aggressive because the Mavericks Doncic. the Mavericks are not there would so much would have to go right. Like yeah, like if if he wins the MVP then he'll clearly deserve it cuz he'll have sing, pretty much single-handedly uh He dragged me there that means they got like home court advantage. Right, like, yeah. That's a lot of faith in Chris Stapp's Porzingis as well, I guess. Yeah, his uh, medical staff, apparently. Right. So the seven guys in front of uh, Nicola and, Lu- and Luca uh, at seventh uh, plus 1,200 is Joel Embiid. Um, number six, Anthony Davis at plus 1,000. LeBron, number five at plus 900. Kawhi, number four, plus 800. James Harden, number three at plus 700. Steph Curry, uh, number two at plus 500 and Giannis plus 300 to repeat as MVP. I'm kind of surprised because I, if it were me, I would have Steph Curry at the top of the list. Well, he's got so much to do. Right. Like MVP is about like dragging something out of some, out of uh, the depths and he, it's his team again. It's, it's going to be the Steph show. Exactly. Like there's more no so more like, ever. you know, backpedaling. There's no more waiting and watching someone else do stuff. Like, this year for the Golden State Warriors is going to be, let's watch Steph go for 60. It's going to yep. be fun. Like, that's that's going to get some votes. Yep, I and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, that's the, the guy could average, like, 30-plus points a game just because, yeah, what else are they going to do? And you can't stop him. Like, it's still Steph Curry. Like, that guy can still... Uh, he could shoot over, through, around right. anyone. Exactly. Um, I th- I'd say I'm a little surprised to see, uh, to see Joel Embiid. Uh, above Nikola in terms of MVP odds. I get it. I, because, East Coast media, it's yeah, fine. Right. Like, and, and if the Sixers win the East, you know, it, I mean, it's the same thing we saw with Giannis. And if, if Embiid is, is leading the, the charge, it's just, you know what? It was funny. This is on, this is on oddsharks.com is where I was looking this up. Uh, they have a, a little uh, article on this. And what they said is, you know, good value um, right now is Jokic at plus 1600 because he's, He's a guy who, you know, the Nuggets were the number two seed last year. He's going to pile up the stats. He kind of broke onto national prominence. But people, the betting odds are not that great with him because, you know, they were saying, they say, you know, they don't think people can get past the dad bod. 
It's just well, and yeah, and, and betting odds. This is the thing that people always forget about Vegas. Vegas does not care what's going to happen. Right. That's not what they're they not set odds to predict against. What's happening? Yeah. No, they're predicting what you think is going to happen. They're betting based off of what the fans are voting on. Right. They're they they're setting lines based on how many people they expect to get on either side of that line. Right, exactly. And so So it has nothing to do with what they think is going to happen. It's not predictive. It's public opinion. It's it's an, yeah, exactly. It's it is based opinion. off of public opinion. Yeah, betting public. Yep. Which, you know, betting public is obviously they pay more attention than than general public does, quite a bit more attention, but uh, yeah. they're still subject to um silly biases like this guy is some pudgy like white Like he dude looks like he's Serbia. been on a couch yeah. eating, you know, nachos for 6 months and now he's supposed to be an MVP. He yes, and he is an MVP. That's exactly how it goes. Which is funny because you kind of Jokic will still kind of fight that in the uh, in the voting uh, as well. Unfortunately, there's some some bias behind that, but they're Absolutely. a little more they're a little more in tune, I think now. Um, to Nicola. Well, he got first team NBA, and I didn't expect that to happen. Right, me so yeah, I figured there are enough is. voters who see past the dad bod. That's not a thing. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we will go ahead and we will wrap it up uh, there. We made it um, through the final show before basically. So next time you guys hear us next Monday, it'll be it'll kind of be an interesting one. You can listen to the show in the morning, but it'll be pretty outdated by the afternoon because it'll be uh, it'll be media day. So we will yeah, have catch a, us early next week. Right, you, we uh, the, the, the information will go stale after that. So. <laughs> exactly. It'll be, it'll be pretty much. Uh, over at that point but like i said before make sure you're following us i'm at zach mikosh gordon is at g money nugs um both on twitter also at denver stiffs at sp nation over on instagram we are at the denver stiffs uh check out our youtube channel media day like we said is coming there will be of course all kinds of punk uh, content posted to uh to media or to golly to the youtube channel um so make sure you guys are subscribed to that so you can get all that stuff basically as it happens uh, on next Monday. And then, like I said, subscribe to the podcast channel. You're going to be finding out more about that as this week goes on, all the different stuff we have planned there. So really exciting. And you guys subscribing, leaving us a rating is really what drives um, all that. And make sure we can continue to keep producing these shows for you guys. So uh, please, if you would, take the time to do that. We greatly appreciate it. And otherwise, Mr. Gross, I will I will talk to you next Monday, sir. We got it. It'll be an interesting one. That's right. It'll be. Uh, we'll make something up to to pass forty five minutes or so. We'll That's right. What is why? It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nobody's gonna listen. Tune in to see what we say after minute twenty five. Exactly. It's gonna be. It's gonna be super. The one neat trick we'll teach you about at minute thirty seven. Um, all right. <laughs> we are. We are out of time. So we will talk to you guys next week. This is all